this week on The Startup Life. One of the things that I have learned recently, and sometimes when you are in your business and you're in your craft, you forget that there are people outside of what you know who don't know what you know. All right, Startup Nation, so let's take flight with Montoya McGowan, founder and owner of Stopping the Chase. The Startup Life begins now. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Scholars, are you ready to join the 25 Plus Club? Parents, how does thousands in college savings sound? Brand new in our school, the Owl Academy, we have released How to Hack the ACT. Students will cover managing test anxiety, math, science reasoning, and why eating a good breakfast is so important. For more information, go to this episode's show notes for the link. All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to receive some value today. We're here with Miss Montoya McGowan of Stopping the Chase uh, Therapy Practice. How are you doing today, ma'am? I'm doing well. Awesome, awesome. Are you ready to take flight with us and pour some knowledge in the Startup Nation today? I'm ready. All right. So like I ask all my guests, what's the story behind your practice? Well, Stopping the Chase, I it's the name that I call my therapy practice because mm-hmm. I have learned that when you learn to be present, and you learn uh, to be aware, Mm self-awareness. When you learn how to be confident with who you are and what your story is, the emotional uh, chase of chasing material things, chasing people, chasing relationships, all the things that we chase that we think will make us happy, when you learn how to manage that in life, it's almost like life looks different. I hear that. And the emotional chase is no longer exhausting. Do you have a lot of clients where, you know, that's kind of an issue, that emotional chase? Yeah. Okay. A lot of the, most of the clients that I work with, they are what I call the working well. Sure. They are the entrepreneurs. Okay. They are the trailblazers, the educators, people who are living life um, and working hard and making it look like they're okay. Gotcha. But Hmm. at the same time, they might be emotionally exhausted, uh, mentally exhausted, or just emotionally overwhelmed from working hard at looking like nothing's wrong. Gotcha. Now, did you always want to start your own practice? Did you did you think about like starting somewhere else, or did you start somewhere else? Tell Actually, us about that journey. I'm supposed to be a dentist. Oh, okay. You got to <laughs> tell us that story, then. You got to tell us that story. So I joined the military in the eleventh okay. grade. All right, nice. Yeah. Okay. And I joined uh, the Army Reserve in the eleventh grade because I had so many uh, dental issues. Mm-hmm. And once my smile was corrected, mm-hmm. I wanted to help so many other people find their confidence in their smile. Gotcha. So I thought that if I joined the military, they would help me be able to pay for dental school. Okay. So I got to college, and I could not pass math and science. Oh. I was like, dang. <laughs> well, now what am I going to do? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so a friend of mine said, you look like a social worker. And I said, what is a social worker? I've never even heard of that before. Gotcha. What does a social worker look like? Right. <laughs> Actually, I personally, I do think there is a look. Oh, for real? Yeah. Okay. It's not enough. the one that they have on TV, though. Gotcha. Okay. Not That's not the social worker look. Okay. So I went to my advisor, and she gave me a career assessment. Mm-hmm. 
in the career assessment, number two was a social worker. So I immediately changed my major and I have loved social work ever since then. And what I love about social work is there are so many different things to do in social work that it's difficult to get burned out because you can change your career every other year if you wanted to. Gotcha. But still be in the same field. Gotcha. So if there was something that I could do for free, therapy would be it. Gotcha. But the thing, those those darn bills get in the way, huh? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And so what I've learned is I can do what I love mm-hmm. and also be financially compensated for it. Gotcha. I hear that. I definitely hear that. It's an investment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we try to get to uh, that point over to Startup Nation that it really is an investment in yourself. So I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. Thank you. you. Uh, now, I know your business is a little bit, you know, I'm not going to say off the beaten path, but it's not like, you know, the traditional uh, guests that we have on the show. Right. So I'm curious, do you work with any like third party vendors or like if you try to do like an event or something like that? Does that, does that kind of play I have into? started doing speaking engagements. Okay. Okay. Um, I also participate in workshops. Gotcha. You know, there are so many people who are wanting to empower each other. Women's empowerment, workshops, um, so many different things to invest in the community. And so I do participate in those if I'm invited to. Um, however, I can give back and let people know. My goal with this business is to let people know that it's okay to not be okay. I hear that. But right. you also don't have to stay stuck with not being okay. Gotcha. Um, we're not comfortable with being vulnerable because of how it makes the other person next to us feel. Gotcha. So my mission is to help us learn how to manage our feelings and manage our emotions and um, to encourage and empower each other at the same time. Before you started Stopping the Chase, what do you wish you would have known? Hmm. (laughs) I wish I would have known that it was going to be more time-consuming than I expected. Okay. Because I see on social media, or I've seen in the past, where it looks like people are having fun (laughs) when they have their businesses. And, you know, they hashtag, I'm a boss. (laughs) So I didn't know that when you are the boss, it comes with huge responsibility. I hear that. And the responsibilities really don't allow you to have a lot of free time in the beginning. Okay. I hear that. Because... And I imagine, you know, with running a practice like yours, uh, one of the the, uh, struggles you may have is, like, finding clients or finding reliable clients. Do you have that struggle? Actually, I don't. No? Okay. No, I don't. Okay. I thought that I would. Okay. But I, I don't. And I think it's because I have managed to come in contact with people who value the investment. I hear that. Or who want to know what therapy is like. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're willing to try it, and they continue to come back because they see value in it. Gotcha. I hear that. And uh, Startup Nation, if you're in the Memphis area, you got to come to her practice and get a session in because her space is very inviting. I wish you could actually see it. What did you learn? Well, have you worked in corporate America before Before you started Stopping the Chase? Yes. Okay, so what did you learn from your worst boss or mentor you've ever had? That you can't treat everybody the same. Okay. You can't treat each person the same. One of the things that I am huge on is love languages. Okay. And the purpose of knowing someone's love language is so you can know how to speak to them and how to relate to them and what makes them feel valuable. Mm -hmm. And so what your love language is and what another person's love language is may may be 
two completely different things, so I can't treat both of you the same way. That makes sense. I could treat both of you fairly, but I can't treat both of you the same way. How do you market or advertise Stop in the Chase? Is it word of mouth, social media, what works for you? All of the above. All of the above. Yeah. (laughs) I have a profile on um, Psychology Today. Okay. And that is a website where a lot of therapists post their profiles. Um, I'm on Google. I'm on Bing. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I am on social media. Uh, gotcha. Facebook Live has done a lot for me. Okay. I enjoy Facebook Live because I do offer free 15-minute consultations over mm-hmm. the phone, but people have seen my videos, mm-hmm. and they feel as if I'm having a conversation with them. So by the time they get to me, they already have decided that I'm the one if they're shopping for a therapist. Gotcha. I hear that. Now, let me ask you this. This is a bit of a follow-up to that with your Facebook Live. In what you do, I imagine that, you know, there's a fine line between free content and paid content, right? Because, like, you definitely want them to come into the office. Right. How do, how do you how do you manage that? How do you determine what I'm willing to put out there in the stratosphere and what, like, you determine, like, nah, you need to kind of come in and get a session in? Well, we all want the same thing, right? Okay. We all want love. Fair enough. But when you get love, it triggers so many other different uncomfortable things that you tend to run from it Mm -hmm. or how we manage the love that we get. And so when I put content out there, I put it out there where I speak to people who are specifically in the niche that I'm looking to speak to. And I speak as if I'm talking to one particular person. Okay. And it tends to reach a lot of other people. However, it's a surface level conversation. Fair enough. It's one of those conversations (laughs) where if it's over the intercom, everybody can get it. Gotcha. And if they ask me a question, I'll go a little deep. (laughs) Gotcha. But not too deep. Right. I go free deep. Right. Not paid deep. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Fair enough, because I know I know a lot of people who like have like blogs, have a podcast like this one, or whatever the case may be. That is a constant struggle between free and paid, and what to put out there, what not to put out there. So I appreciate you putting that out there and uh. And yeah, I, that. I but I want to give them enough information where they feel confident absolutely. in my skills. Though. Absolutely, absolutely, just enough. I got you. All right. Yeah. Uh, what did you learn from your biggest failure? That uh, failures actually are adventures. Okay. And failures don't have to hurt. So when I was younger, my mom, she didn't learn how to drive until I was in high school. Oh, wow. Okay. And so what she did was we would get in the car and we would get lost. Mm -hmm. And we'd find other ways, other avenues to get to some of the same places. And so what I have learned in life is from failures, you're not really lost. You're just finding a different route to go where you're trying to get to. Understood. Understood. Yeah. So it, failures can be an adventure. Gotcha. It, it's uh, We had a previous episode where we had a, a gentleman, Dr. Isaac Rodriguez, where he said there's value in failing. So I, I feel like you probably feel the same way. So I appreciate, I I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Entrepreneurs consider themselves lifelong learners, always engaged in pro- uh, professional development, things of that nature. So I imagine in what you do, you're constantly, constantly learning. So What does professional development mean for you, and what are you learning now? I am learning so many different things. My kids, they joke. They say that I don't sleep well unless I have at least two books in the bed. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) 
Um, I have always been a learner. I love, love, love reading. I absolutely love reading. I can tell you what's on the back of a hairspray bottle. I hear that. I yeah. Hear that. I can't I can't pronounce all the content. Fair but enough. Fair I can enough. tell you. <laughs> and enough. so I am a total lifelong learner. Um right now I am in the middle of reading um getting past your past. Okay. And it's about one of the therapy models that I use called EMDR. Okay. Eye movement desensitization reprocessing. Well, that that just went totally over my head. That sounds like some very psychology type stuff. Yeah. So I'm just yeah. gonna I'm just gonna leave, I'm gonna let you have that one. Yeah. Like I did yeah. You know. Um <laughs> I also I I love uh going to online webinars okay. and participating in closed Facebook groups. Because people in the profession that you're in share a lot of their woes and a lot of their victories, and I learn from other people's advice. Let me ask you this. Some people say when starting a business or striking out as an entrepreneur, they say that you got to go to college, get a degree, have some contacts to be successful. Some people just say they just need a work ethic and a dream. So what do you stand on that? In the middle. In the middle? Yeah, okay. I'm in the middle. Um, I don't think that you have to be educated, um, like, school-wise gotcha. in order to start a business. Mm-hmm. But I do think that you have to be wise. And I also think that you need a mentor. Okay. And you also need someone that you're mentoring. I think cool. they both keep you accountable somewhere in the middle. But you do have to continue to learn your craft. And as just like when there's a new phone that comes out, you can't keep doing the same stuff right. as a Samsung 7. Right. You've got to learn how to be a Samsung 8. Gotcha. Fair enough. And you can't stay in the same place <laughs> without learning new stuff. Right. So you don't have to be educated book-wise, but you do need to be educated on your craft. Gotcha. But I imagine for what you do, you need, you probably do need to go to college absolutely (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah can't just like say i'm gonna be a therapist today well you know some people do (laughs) oh really yeah some people say they're a therapist just like some people say hey i'm a preacher fair fair enough come to my church (laughs) fair enough enough. i got you fair enough what is the best and worst piece of advice you've ever gotten one of the worst pieces of advice i ever got was someone told me Someone who I, I, I loved and adored mm-hmm. said, Montoya, stop reading all those books. What? <laughs> There's nothing in those books. You need to live life. Gotcha. It's real life going on out here, and you over here reading books. And it made me want to read more. Fair enough. Yeah. Just threw fuel on the fire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and one of the best pieces of advice I got was, the book um, Eat That Frog talks about don't be afraid to ask people for help. I hear that. Don't be afraid to ask people that you don't know to be your mentor. And the next day after I read that book, I reached out to two people that I saw on Facebook mm-hmm. and I asked them if they would mentor me. And that was two years ago. And today they are two of my closest friends. So before we go to break, I want to ask one last question. What does the average day look like? Um, as you run Stop in the Chase and be as specific as possible. Well, I do have a daytime job. Okay. So I start stopping the chase in the evenings. Okay. Um, Monday through Friday. I take a couple of days off in between. Gotcha. Um, I do some Saturdays, but my sessions usually last uh, about an hour to an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I have to ask my clients to help me with accountability to keep up with the time. Gotcha. 
because the time goes by so fast. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> We laugh, we have fun, we cry, whatever it is that they need. And sometimes you have to be very time conscious to make sure that you're giving, that I am have to make sure that I'm giving them what they need and what they pay for gotcha. in that time. So. Dive deep in those sessions, though, huh? Dive deep. <laughs> and then like, teach them how to contain until they come back to the next session. Gotcha. And, I, and I give homework. What? I give, give homework. homework. I give homework. <laughs> Fair enough. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. How do you like being on the Startup Life so far? It's fun. Okay, cool, cool. So we're going to take a quick break, and you're listening to the Startup Life. If you are a teacher looking for great resources, look no further than Owls e-commerce store on Teachers Pay Teachers, the store name Teaching with Owls. Enjoy great lessons based on short stories from great authors such as Kate Choppin's The Story of an Hour and Edgar Allan Poe's The Mask of the Red Death. And no worries, teachers, all lessons are Carmen Core aligned. All right, Startup Nation, so let's continue. So, Miss McGowan, you were explaining earlier about the five love languages. Could you, you know, explain that a little bit for me? Because I'm kind of... So, I don't, okay. so explain that a little bit for us. So the five love languages was written by a guy. I think his name is Eric Chapman. Okay. And he says that there are five primary love languages that we all naturally speak. Okay. And in order for you to feel loved or to feel cared about, you have to be, that language has to be spoken to you. Okay. So when you're in a relationship or just anybody that you know or that you care about, you naturally speak your love language to those people. Fair enough. But if you're speaking my love language, that may not make me feel love because mine may be completely different from that, yours. That makes sense. So in a relationship, there's there's quality time, words of affirmation, uh, physical touch, gifts, and acts of service. Okay. Those are the, the primaries. Gotcha. With kids, it's best to speak all of them because you don't know which one will develop in them that is the most dominant. Fair enough. So say yours is uh, acts of service. Okay. And mine is quality time. Gotcha. In relationships, there starts to be a disconnect when you start to speak yours to me and get upset that I don't acknowledge or appreciate it. But you're actually supposed to be speaking mine to me. Gotcha. Intentionally. Gotcha. And if you're speaking your love language to me, I'm not going to feel loved. Regardless gotcha. of what you do, Fair I'm enough. not going to feel loved. But if you're, you're speaking mine to me and I'm speaking yours to you, then we have a connection. And the disconnect comes in where we're not aware of what we're doing. You kind of go back to your old ways. Understood. Of I'm doing everything for her. Mm. And nothing seems to work. Gotcha. But that's because you're not doing what I need. Gotcha. It's kind of like you have to speak the language in order to fill the void that's... Absolutely. Gotcha. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Absolutely. I'm checking for understanding. Did I explain that okay? Oh, absolutely. If, okay. I, if I understand it, then clearly you did. <laughs> so, fair enough. Fair enough. Thank you for sharing that. I you're appreciate welcome. that. What do you think is a popular misconception about not only starting a business, but I guess 
in what you do? Because I, I imagine there's a lot of misconceptions about, you know, what you do. So explain a little bit about that. If you... One of the things that I have learned recently, and sometimes when you are in your business and you're in your craft, you forget that there are people outside of what you know who don't know what you know. Okay. For example, I did not realize that I, I don't accept insurance. Okay. And so I am private pay, which means cash. Right. Um, cash or credit. I accept it, and you come in and you pay, and we're okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that some people thought that they could not come to therapy unless they had health insurance. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I didn't know. Gotcha. Because I knew that already. Right. Right. <laughs> and so knowing what uh, what other people who are uh, your potential customers, knowing what they need, mm -hmm. and knowing how some of them may think, is important. Gotcha. So it's it's important to step outside of you to find out who your customers are, how they think, and what they need from you, and what they need to know to be able to get service from you. Quick follow up question, if I would, because I know, and and forgive me my ignorance, in it, but I I know like recently, you know, the past couple of years, they refer to therapists as life coaches. Is it the same thing? Is it something different? Or it's is that not like, the same thing. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Um, there's people who are who are life coaches, who are therapists. Mm -hmm. A therapist can serve as a life coach. Okay. However, if someone is just a life coach, that doesn't mean that they have the qualifications or the certifications to be a therapist. Understood. Understood. And therapists, there are um, social workers, there's counselors, um, psychiatrists, um, psychologists, mm -hmm. all of those, if they... Um, do psychotherapy, which is right. mental therapy, right. then they're therapists. Gotcha. Um, life coach, um, no, they they probably just get some type of certification, mm -hmm. but not the licensure. But there is a difference between all of those different sectors. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, and each entity can serve as a life coach, but a life coach can't serve as a therapist. That makes sense. And, you know, that, that was really for me because I, I know I've heard that term like a few, like for the past couple of years, people throw that out, you know, and it, it seems to be within the same space as therapy and, right. and this and the other. So I guess sometimes the words can just right. get kind of confused. Right. So. And we are uh, bound by our licensure and mm -hmm. by law to maintain confidentiality. I hear that. No, absolutely. Absolutely. That makes sense. I'm not sense. sure how that works with life coaches. Though. Gotcha. Fair enough. Fair enough. So there's different types of regulations and certifications and right. licensure. Fair enough. Okay. Thanks for for clearing that up for me. I appreciate that. Um, how has entrepreneurship affected your lifestyle? I have had to learn boundaries that I didn't know I needed. Okay. Yeah, you got to share that one. <laughs> I have learned um, to plan ahead with relationships that are important to me. Okay. In order to, to continue to make sure that I'm nurturing them. Understood. And so boundaries that I didn't know that I needed to have was I can't just get up and lollygag throughout the day. Mm. I have to have a plan of what I need to get done for that day, what I need to get done for that week. So I have a list called um, a, a today list and a Sunday list. Okay. So I have to get those thoughts out of my head, what I need to do today and what I need to do someday. 
Someday may not be anytime soon, but I can come back to that list at some time or another. Understood. And so I have to be uh, strategic about how I want my day to go, but also be flexible. Understood. Understood. So I can't go and have an hour and a half lunch (laughs) with my girlfriend because she called in to work today. Right. (laughs) I just, I can't do that. Right. And so, you know, I had plans to go to a webinar mm-hmm. or to eat lunch on my lunch break. Right. Because I have to work late tonight. So I have to make sure that my hangry don't catch up with me <laughs> during a session. Gotcha. Fair enough. <laughs> so I also have to manage how I eat. I have to make sure that I manage my time with going to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. It, the things that I did not realize I had to take care of, I do. Gotcha. But I also put my kids in my schedule. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's understood. So That's I have understood. days that are that I don't work on those days, even if I think that I might want to. I don't because Wednesdays are the days reserved for us to hang out together when I get off work. I, I know, you know, for right now it's just you, but as... You know, as stopping the chase grows and expands, right? You may want to look at having an employee, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what would an employee look like for you to hire them, if you will? I would need someone who buys into what I am doing. Okay. I would need someone who buys into the mission of what I'm doing um, and who is not driven financially. Gotcha. I know what a person's needs are financially, and so I'm not going to take advantage of someone because of that. Right. But if your fo- if your mission is the same as mine, and you're willing to invest your time and expertise, then I'll definitely compensate you for that. Right. And and I imagine for what you do, it's not like McDonald's where you're serving a meal. It's like you're actually trying to help people. Right. And so it's like I would imagine, you know, somebody who's just financially motivated only right. is not really in the helping people business. Right. right. So fair enough. Thank you for sharing that. And everybody in our profession, they aren't there because they choose to be. Mm-hmm. And you can tell by how they speak to people and how they carry themselves. Understood. And so it would have to be someone who is probably someone who would see me as a mentor. Gotcha. This next question, you know, I love all the questions that I ask people that come on my show. But in this next question, I really wanted to ask you because for what you do, it's a little bit different off the beaten path of what we normally have. But... Have you ever had to turn down a client? And if so, of course, you know, confidentiality and don't expect no names mm-hmm. and the other. But uh, what did that look like? What were some red flags that said, you know what, this thing isn't going to work? Explain that process, if you would. Well, I am learning about having your niche. Okay. So the, the, the money is in the niche, right? Absolutely. And there are some people who are not a good fit for the kind of therapy that I offer. And I'm not a good fit for them. So when I talk to someone, I talk to them over the phone first to kind of see what their what their needs are. Okay. And if I'm still not really sure, I tell them, you know, to come in for uh, a session to see if we're a good fit for each other. If they are someone who I work with the working well, I work with people who look like they're okay. Mm. But someone who is already seeing a therapist, for example, I had someone who was already seeing somebody uh, twice a week. They were seeing a psychiatrist once a week. They were on meds and they were court ordered for therapy. Mm. And they wanted to come in to see me for specifically for EMDR. Okay. I'm not, I can't help you. Gotcha. 
Okay. So all money is not good money for me. Fair enough. And I am not seeing people just to bring in money. I'm seeing people so that they can uh, feel like they're investing in their health mentally. And so if I'm not a good fit for them, I will give them at least three resources in the community. If I can pass them along to somebody else, I will. But for the most part, I either don't have an appointment available (laughs) or I'm not a good fit for you. Fair enough. I appreciate it. I blame it on me. (laughs) I got you. And you you bring up a a very interesting point in, you know, uh, what you do about that piece about, you know, people who look like they have it all together, but like with a snap of a finger, it can just all go to crap. Forgive my language. Right. But, but, you know, I I can imagine that can be that can be kind of tough. Do you find that, you know, and this is a follow up question. Do you find that a bit taxing? on you as well because I imagine some people kind of come in and they lay those burdens on you and it well, can be you know. I have learned that during a therapy session it should feel like a visit for me okay it should feel like I'm visiting with someone fair enough if I am exhausted and I am tired after the session then I did too much fair enough so I have learned boundaries I have learned self-awareness and I go to therapy for myself gotcha I go to therapy at least once a month Mm -hmm. and so I have learned how to not put somebody else's backpack on fair enough don't put somebody else's backpack on I feel like I'm gonna have to steal that (laughs) if if that's okay with you I'm gonna have to steal that go ahead all right um let me ask you this uh we're gonna kind of transition a little bit okay uh do you think uh entrepreneurs have an obligation to take on social issues I personally think, and this is just what I've learned in the past 12 months, that Mm -hmm. if you are an entrepreneur, you are taking on social issues. Fair enough. It just may be in a particular area Mm -hmm. as it relates to whatever your service is, but you are taking on a social issue. Gotcha. And how you manage it, how you deal with it. Um, determines how other people who are coming behind you either accept you or not accept you. So it affects your business as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, who are your mentors? So I'm going <laughs> to tell you a story, okay? Uh, please, by all means. <laughs> <laughs> so I read this article one time that talked about your, your everybody committee. Okay. So they said that your everybody committee comprise, is, is comprised of maybe at least five people um, where when you put on an outfit or you decide to do something one day, what voices do you hear in your head? Okay. Do you hear your mama say, boy, you know you don't need to be wearing this shirt? <laughs> I hear that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> or do you hear your wife saying, oh, yeah, you look good in those jeans. Do that. Do that. (laughs) So what voices do we hear in our head? Those are usually our everybody committee. And that determines our level of confidence throughout the day. So I had to assess who was a part of my everybody committee. And I had to give some people the mental pink slip. Oh, no, not the mental. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I had to give them the mental pink slip and put them to the back. Okay. Like, they're still a part of my crew. I got you. But they're not a part of the advisory board. There's a slight demotion, if you will. Gotcha. A huge demotion. Oh, huge demotion. Okay, fair (laughs) enough. I was being too nice. Right. right. So, I had to replace those thoughts with other people who are more positive, who I want to hear. One of them is, um, she's a social worker. Her name is Brene Brown. Okay. So they don't actually have to be people that you know. 
Fair enough. Fair um, enough. And another I call those one? people mentors from afar. So I yes. feel you. I yes. got you. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, Shalene Johnson. Really? Yes. Okay. She has been my imaginary big sister since 2014. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And I have a couple of other mentors um, through throughout the city. One of them is uh, Kelly Davis and uh, Brandy. We She started out as my mentor, but now we've become like sisters in therapy. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I think we kind of mentor each other now. Fair enough. Kind of um, that, that accountability. Accountability. Partner, Absolutely. Yeah. She's my accountability partner. Absolutely. Um, and there are so many other people that I admire and I take bits and pieces from. So, yeah. I hear that. I'm inspired by a lot of people. Uh, this is kind of a bonus question because we're in Memphis, right? And you're actually kind of like midtown, downtown area, right, where your office is. Why should somebody who lives in Memphis, if they want to start a business, Besides taking it somewhere else, why should they start here in Memphis? One of the things that I do when there's somebody in my office who is having a relationship issue. Okay. And there's this uh, beautiful girl who's sitting on my couch, and she is caught up over this one person. Okay. I have her pull out her phone. I have her Google how many people are in Memphis. I have her Google the population in Memphis. Okay. So she pulls up the population, and I don't know what the number is. Let's say it's three million hundred gazillion people in Memphis, <laughs> Fair right? Enough. All right. Um, so when it comes to starting a business, we tend to get caught up on living the scarcity mindset. Okay. Okay. Versus thinking about abundance. I hear that. So if there's 300 million people in Memphis, as a therapist, I can only see 20 to 30 of them, right? Right. Who want to see the other ones? Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I can't be on this side of town and on that side of town also. Gotcha. So starting a business in Memphis, you should definitely do it. And there's more than enough people who need our service. Mm -hmm. There's more than enough people who are willing to pay for good customer service. I hear that. Um, and there's more than enough people who are willing to pay for um, an investment in whatever service that somebody has to offer. Understood. And being able to share and be a part of a, a connection or a group with other people just makes it even better. Thanks for sharing. Um, where do you see Stopping the Chase in five years? Stopping the Chase will be consulting other therapists and okay. empowering uh, other people in Memphis mm -hmm. to help with the mission of helping people be okay with uh, their mental status, their mental health, mm -hmm. teaching people uh, coping skills, teaching people on how to manage their emotions, and um, teaching people how to teach other people. I hear that. Ms. McGowan, I feel like all entrepreneurs have a superpower. What's yours? I think my superpower is being flexible and versatile and laughing at the same time. I hear that. And I imagine for what you do, you have to. You have to be. I'm going to. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Bye -bye. Fair enough. This is the part of the show where, you know, if you have like any like uh, upcoming events or you have like social media credentials, website, anything, the floor is yours to throw all that out. Let's see. I will be at Breaking the Barriers Mental Health Brunch next Saturday, 27th. 27th? Okay. Yes, at the Racket Club. Okay. That's with uh, Brandy, Brandy J. Flynn. Um, next week, I will also be at a single parent empowerment workshop with Clarissa Joy. Okay. I have an Instagram page, Stopping the Chase Counseling. All right. I have a Facebook page, 
And I also have a website, okay. which is uh, stoppingthechase.com. All right, cool. And Startup Nation, you'll see all the, if you look in the show notes, you'll see the dates and the website address, social media credentials, all there for you to click for easy access. Last question before we, we wrap up for the any pardon advice for any entrepreneurs out there? I say you will never be ready. I hear that. All right. <laughs> it's kind of like right. waiting to be ready to have a baby. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing. Fair enough. You either just you just do it. You do it or you don't. <laughs> gotcha. But there are people who are waiting for you to get started. There um, are people who need you. I hear that. And so if you don't get started, then you're um, preventing other people from making progress. Gotcha. I hear that. So that's going to conclude this episode of The Startup Life. Did you enjoy it? Yay. Are you willing to come back? Absolutely. Cool. <laughs> All right, Startup Nation. Here's my final take. When it comes to Montoya, you may think that she's off the beaten path with her business, but she's really no different than any other entrepreneur. She has clients, and she provides great value to all of her clients. If you want to let us know what you think about the show or would like to advertise on our show, send us an email to the address in the show notes. Subscribe to The Startup Life as it can now be heard on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Also, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Owls LLC. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, The Startup Life.